You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Josh, Paul, and myself, we are really excited about this Wednesday night study. We are really, really into this. This is just our thing. It's just our thing. Uh, I am looking forward to all of these coming weeks. Uh, There's no greater subject, I mean zero, not a close second. There's not a greater subject than the subject of our salvation. And, And I think over a period of time, you've been saved 10 years, 15 years, 30 years. After a while, it just, I don't know, I, I don't want to let the, the importance of our salvation get on the back burner for us. You're lost in eternity in hell, and we have been forgiven, and we've been set free, and we, we've been saved, and my goodness, my goodness, some of you remember what a disastrous place you were in when Jesus drove up, and let's don't forget that. Let's don't forget where our life was headed. Let's don't forget where we would be right now. Uh, Many in here would probably be dead right now had Jesus not driven up in your life. Uh, Romans moves us from our salvation being under the old covenant that first of all, you had to be born a Hebrew, a Jew, or Abraham's descendant First of all, it wasn't open. Just not anybody could be saved. You had to be an Abrahamic descendant. You had to be of a, a, a race, a genealogy of people for that to even be a possibility. And then you had to work your way in by keeping all of the laws and having a priest go to God for you with an animal sacrifice and a priest talk to God for you. And that's where we lived move from there into the new covenant, into salvation by faith, being a completed, finished work through Jesus. That is the change in dispensations that Romans is making. And that's good news. That, what's the good news? What's the good news of the gospel? The good news of the gospel is, is that you can be forgiven of your sins and a brand new start take place for you. Now, maybe that's not good news for some of you that have been perfect all of your life, but for a few of us in here, that's really good news that we have been given a brand new start in our life. So for those who this isn't all that big of a deal because you've been perfect your whole life, we're proud for you. But for the rest of us in here, this is a huge deal. As I said last week, I could teach literally for hours on just one verse, one sentence. And some of y'all have heard me get into some of those type teachings before. Uh, And and I I told you last week, I'm aware, I'm fully aware that there's not but three of us in this room that care anything about that. The rest of us are like the cliff notes. Just tell me what this story is about. So anyway... Uh, That's what we're trying to do with this series. Uh, Let's pick up right where we left off in this lesson. Go to Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through verse 32. I want to pause right here and say we've got an entire Teen Challenge Center that is joining us right now uh, on Facebook or on YouTube, I believe, 
Uh, we've got a lot of folks on Facebook. We had a lot of folks on YouTube, but I think Team Challenge is with us on. Uh, yep, glad to have you, Team Challenge guys. All of you, uh, all of you, Team Challenge guys, right now where you are, just give yourself a high five. See, just give yourself a high five. We're glad you're here. Uh, we're looking forward to God doing a great work in your life. As we ended up last week, Paul was declaring the good news of the gospel. It's the power of God. It is the power of God. And Paul knew what he was talking about because the power of God had changed him literally from Saul to Paul. So this is not a a weenie, wishy-washy deal to Paul. Paul understands the power of the gospel to change a life. And so he talked about the power of the good news. Before Paul spends the rest of this letter writing to the church in Rome, talking about the gospel, he's going to break off of that message and he's going to show mankind's need for salvation. That's what we're going to see in this lesson. We are about to study a message of hope, a message of freedom, a message of forgiveness, a message of salvation. Time out. Before we get into that, let's make sure we understand fallen man's nature and our need for what I'm about to tell you about. So that's what Paul wants to do. Let's don't dive into salvation here. Let's just look at fallen man's nature and we will see the need for then what Paul is going to teach us about. Let's take off here in verse 18. God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people. Anybody been sinful? Anybody been wicked in your life? Okay, then we're talking to you. See, that's what the rest of this is going to be about. Let me get to the bottom line. Let me show you man's name. God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Make sure you underline that. Suppress the truth by their wickedness. We're going to talk about that. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. They began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people, birds, animals, and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever their shameful things their hearts desire. As a result... They did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. That's why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. And as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty that they deserved. 
Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never been done. Their lives became full of every kind of wicked, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, gossip. They're backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, boastful. They invent new ways of sinning. They disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. I don't know if you've ever been to a high-end jewelry store to look at an expensive diamond for your wife. But from time to time, I have had to go do that. High-end stores all have a black cloth about this big. And if, you were, if you've ever been in there, it is not a black. I'm talking about a super black cloth. And they pull that black cloth out and they first lay that down on the counter. And then they take the tweezers and they set the diamond on that black cloth for you to see that diamond on a black background. Why do they do that? Because it shows the beauty of that diamond from a black background. That's exactly what Paul's doing right here. Let me lay a black background on the table for you. And now we're about to study salvation. I'm going to lay salvation right here on top of this black background. That's exactly what we're doing right here. In this lesson, we're laying out the black background of sin. Here's where sinful man is. And let me lay this out for you. Here it is. He lays that black background of sin out. And after this lesson is over, we're going to start into understanding salvation and wow, it will just be a beautiful thing in contrast to this background that he has just laid. As long as sin looks good, you'll never see the beauty of salvation. I want you teen challenge men that are joining us in this lesson. I want you to know sin doesn't look good. Don't get caught up in that lie thinking that it's fun, it feels good, it looks good. Let me tell you what it does. It'll cost you your home. It'll cost you your family. Your parents won't even have anything to do with you. Your job will let you go. Let me just tell you, that doesn't look fun to me. It doesn't look fun when everybody you know has disassociated themselves with you. Woohoo! come on, let's have some fun Friday night. This isn't fun. And here's what God wants you to know. Sin is not fun fun, it'll destroy you. Oh, it feels good. It doesn't feel good to me losing everybody that I love. Oh, it's fun. Oh, it feel good. Come to this party. Oh, it's going to be fun. It's not fun. Losing everybody out of my life. Losing my, having my own kids hate me. I mean, that's not fun. Let me just tell you, it's not fun. So don't get caught in to the lie about how fun sin is. God wants you to know Sin is not fun. Verse 17, we saw the righteousness of God. In verse 18, we see the wrath of God. Always know absolutely God loves the sinner. God loves the sinner, but here's what you don't ever want to forget. God hates sin. He always has and he always will. God hates 
Oh, it's going to be fun. Come on, yeah, come on over. We're having a party. God hates sin. God hates it. God hates it. Here's the problem, I think, for a lot of folks. We're going to go against God. We're going to cuss God. We're going to shake our fist in God's face. And we're going to ignore God. And God doesn't zap you with a lightning bolt. Here's what you got to see in verse 18. God doesn't just zap you with a lightning bolt whenever you mess up. His wrath is loosed on unrighteousness. Verse 18. God shows his anger from heaven. Some of your translations say he looses his wrath on sinful, wicked people. People suppress the truth. They know the truth. They suppress the truth. Verse 19. Well, let's read it. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. You know the truth about God, but you suppress that truth. I've always heard you have too. There's no atheist on an airplane that's going down. When that airplane engine goes out and it's going down, everybody in there is crying out to God. There's no atheist on an airplane going down. Why is everybody crying out to God? Because it's evident inside them. God's my, everybody knows. Everybody knows. Now you have chosen to suppress that truth. But you can't see the earth and the sky. You can't see the planets. You can't, it, verse 19, there is no excuse. There, time plus chance and a big bang and over millions and billions of years, molecules bouncing together. When our astronauts stepped out on the moon, they didn't go, well, son of a gun, here's an iPhone laying here. Just a bunch of stuff banged together and look at this iPhone laying here. Now we're in a, pursuit to go land on Mars. I can tell you, there's not going to be a computer on Mars when they get there. That over billions of years, there's just a bunch of dust that is hit together and there's a computer. See, you, you've got to suppress truth when you see a design and deny a designer. You, you have to suppress truth. See, because it's obvious you can't look at the intricacies of the human body. You can't look at all of the different animals in creation. You can't look at the seasons of the year and the revolution of the earth. You can't look at all of that and think that that just happened. You have to suppress truth to believe that lie. And that's what he's saying here. You got to suppress truth. Look, this just banged in here. Well, you know that didn't just bang in here. We're not going to get out on the planet Mars and start walking around and find a computer that just a bunch of stuff bang together. And while well, look at this computer sitting on a desk, it's not going to be there. If it is there, then we can know that some other people beat us there to it and they left their computer. Because you can't see a design and deny a designer. It can't happen. And we know that. Verse 20. For ever since the world was created... People have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Go, God, I just wish you would come in here and make yourself real. What more do you want him to do? Oh, God, if you would just show up here today and these people would just know that you're here. 
look at the sky, look at the stars, look at the moon, look at creation. What more do you, what more could God possibly, he has come in here and made it crystal clear of his existence. The only reason you don't see God is you are suppressed. I like this word here. You are suppressing the truth. Verse 20 through 22. Verse 20 through 22. They have no excuse for not knowing God. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like man. Some of your translations say mere people. Birds, animals, and reptiles. Some of your translations say crawling things. Put your finger right there on those words. First of all, put your finger on man or mere people. Now, move your finger over, look at birds. Okay, now look over there, four-footed animals and then reptiles. If you're taking notes, write those four words down. Write them not side by side, but down. Write man, under that write birds, under that, write four-footed animals, and under that, write reptiles. It's very interesting. I, this doesn't mean anything, except it's just interesting to me. Um, the first cars ever made, what were they? What was the name of the first cars ever made? Well, I can tell you. You had the Studebaker, you had the Ford, you had the Edison, And you had the Lincoln. Write those four names out beside the word man. Studebaker, Edison, Ford, all man's names. Man's names. Those were the first cars. Studebaker, Edison, Lincoln, Ford. Those were the first cars. Those cars rocked along for a number of years. And then they begin to be replaced. The... The cars that replaced them as the hottest selling car was the Hawk, the Eagle, and the Falcon. Write those words out right beside the word birds. Hawk, Eagle, and the Falcon. Some of us old in here, y'all remember those cars. Maybe you didn't drive a Studebaker or Edison, but you did drive a falcon now out beside your next word it's very interesting just cars you know what cars replace those as the hottest boy what i really wished i had a cougar an impala oh 1964 mustang oh yeah mustang i'd give anything have mustang you know what replaced the mustang jaguar You know what was the coolest after that was the panther. Write those words. Cougar, Impala, Mustang, Jaguar, and there was a panther that came out that was supposed to be the coolest, neatest thing. I don't think it ever took off because it's too much money. Nobody could afford that. Not that this means anything, but you know the car that replaced that? It was the Cobra. You know the next coolest car that everybody wanted after that? Viper. I'm not saying that the car manufacturers read Romans or anything. But I'm just looking at the last hundred years that we've had cars. It's just kind of an interesting scenario, isn't it? 
Isn't it interesting? Don't you, don't you just love reading the Bible? I mean, I'm just get so, I just get all wrapped up in it. I mean, are you kidding me? Anyway, I could talk a long time about this one verse. I'm into it. I got to keep moving on. I promised myself I'm going to move on. The dictionary gives us a definition of an idol. In the first definition, it says, an image of God used as an object of worship. Now, we read in the early days of the church, them carving out idols, people having idols that they had in their house, and it was an object of worship, and we chiseled it out, and we set an object of worship. It's very interesting. The dictionary also gives another definition of the word idol. Number two, listen to this. Idol. An object of excessive devotion. Hmm. Oh, I'm not into idol worship. Well, are you? Do you have an object in your life of excessive devotion? I see lots of hobbies that become idols in people's lives. A lot of hobbies. I've seen people lose their homes and their families over their hobby. Look, I'm all for you playing golf and tennis and um, whatever. I'm all, I mean, that's a great thing to do. But not more the time than you have with your home and your family. And all of a sudden, you have an excessive devotion to your hobby. I don't know. I, I see folks that, you need money. You need a lot more money. I wish everybody in here had more money. Work harder and get some more money. Get, get lots of money. But be careful about an excessive devotion to money. An excessive devotion to money where, where you are more after the pursuit of money than you are after the pursuit of a relationship with the Lord, than you are after a, a giving and a serving of your church. Then you, uh, there's just a lot more to life than money. Get money, get a lot of money. I want you to all have lots of money. I'm all for money. I want more money myself. But watch out for an excessive devotion to money. Whatever it is, an idol, an idol. It's not just with cars, make a car an idol. An idol can be anything that you have an excessive devotion to. God abandons idol worshipers. Woo! Now that's a scary thing. That is a scary thing. Verse 24, so God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their heart desires. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie, so they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. That's why God, oh, that word, abandoned them to their shameful desires, even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sex relations with women, burned in lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. As a result of this sin, they'd suffer within themselves the penalty that they deserve. Whoa, that's painfully clear. When you suppress the truth, that evokes the wrath of God. We've got to have a Savior. We've got to be made right with God. 
And I don't want anybody that goes to this church to ever be deceived. Because God's not mocked. God's not mocked. And whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. And don't go out here thinking you're going to get by with stuff because you didn't get a lightning bolt when you did it. Just because God doesn't blast somebody does not mean that his wrath is not real and it's loosed on a life. Tim, are you judging me? Nope. I'm just reading the Bible. I'm I'm just reading God's word. I'm reading God's word. Well, Tim, who are you to say what's right and wrong for me? I believe each individual should pick their own sexuality. I'm not debating that with you. I'm just reading what the Bible says. I'm not debating what you believe or what I believe. Well, I believe that each person should be free to choose. I'm not even getting in that debate with you. Here's what God says. And here's the way that you evoke his blessings in your life. And here's the way you evoke his wrath in your life. There you have it. Now do with it whatever you want to do. And I'm not judging you, nor am I saying what's right and wrong, nor am I debating with you what you think is right and what I think is right. This is not a political position I'm reading God's word on how to live a life that's abundantly blessed. Verse 28 is not an alternative lifestyle. You have been abandoned by God. And that's just a place that I'm not willing to live. That's not a position that I'm willing to put my family in. I'm not going to put my wife and my kids and my grandkids in a position to experience the outcome of me living a life that's under the wrath of God. I want God's blessings on my life so that even in times of crisis in our earth, some way, somehow, I'm still paying my bills and being blessed in the midst of this. God's going to see me through because I'm choosing a life that loses his blessings and not choosing a life that loses his wrath. And I'm not talking about your political position on how you believe and what you choose. It's just what the Bible says. The first act of homosexuality, fun, alternative lifestyle. Ooh, it's fun. And God doesn't wipe them out. Just watch over a long period of time. Watch, because I have seen over a long period of time, I've seen the wrath of God. And over a long period of time, I've seen God's blessings. People just didn't even ask for this. And things just happened good for them. The first act of shoplifting, you don't walk out of the store with it in your coat and a lightning bolt get you before you, you slip it under here oh, and you're running to your car and another car just runs over you and kills you. <laughs> that doesn't happen. You get in your car, your heart's beating a thousand miles an hour. That was a thrill. That was a hype. That was so exciting. And, and you calm down and so you want to do that thrill again. Okay, just watch. Now car didn't mow you down when you came out of the store, but just continue to do that and watch What happens in your life over the next 15 or 20 years? Your first alcoholic drink, oh, well, that was great. 
okay? Just watch the sequence of events and how that continues to expand and how that continues to build. And nobody ever started out just one little puff, one little joint. They smoked a joint. Whoa, whoa, oh man, that was good. Watch what happens over a period of time in your marriage, with your children, at your job, in your life, with your friends. You just watch what happens over a period of time. And because you don't get just run over by a car because first joint you smoke, it does not excuse you from the wrath of God being loosed in your life. Verse 28, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking. And this scares the fire out of me. He let them do things that, see, I wish God had just stopped that right now. I wish God had just slapped me in the back of the head. No, 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 you're not doing that. Put that back on the shelf and tell him you're sorry. See, but God lets, whoo. Now, I don't know what that does to you, but that makes it hard for me to swallow. God, okay, just go right ahead. Have yourself a big Friday night. Okay, yeah, just get out and live a little bit. Hey, all the young people are doing it. Just go out there. I just want to experience life for myself. I wish God had grabbed you and jerked a knot in you. You get back the matter with you. But God don't do that. Okay, it is Friday night. Just get you some of it. Go out and then watch what happens in the coming weeks and months and years in your life as you begin to live under the wrath of God. I'm telling you, it's not where you want to be. Verse 28. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should have never been done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They're backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break in their promises, are heartless, have no mercy. They know God's justice requires all of those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them. Wow. Wow. Verse 32. They not only do it, but they encourage others to do it. You can watch this. You can watch this at parties and gatherings of people doing things that they shouldn't be doing. You can watch it. It's important to them that you do it too. Hey, I'm getting a Diet Coke. Let me fix you one. No, oh, I never say another word about it. They didn't want one. But that's not the way it is with folks. Do. Come on, have, oh, come on here. I'm going to pour you one anyway. Come on. And when you, no, 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 97 times no. Oh, Mr. Goody Two Shoes, you too good to drink with us. Oh, why is it a big deal with you that I said no? You told me one time you didn't want a Diet Coke and I never thought another thing about it. I don't want a Diet Coke. Good. But why is it so important that you have one too? 
Why is it so important that they're going to force you to have one? And then why is it when you finally, finally, finally convince them you're not going to have one, then why do they start putting you down? Oh, and then start calling you names, goody two-shoes. Well, what's wrong with you? Well, are you holier than thou? Oh, are you looking down? I just said no. I didn't want one. Verse 32. But they're going to encourage others. Verse 24. You, you watch this all the time. You watch it all the time. I see it, I see it all the time. God gave them over. I'm just telling you, and I, I need to move on, but that makes a knot in my stomach. When you get yourself to a place that God has given you over. Oh, Lord, don't please. Don't let me get there. Lord, I don't do everything I need to do. I say things I shouldn't have said. God, I ask you to forgive me. God, I ask you to forgive me for acting like I, but, but God, don't give me over. Don't, don't give me, God, I don't want to get, go right ahead then. That's what you want to do? Just get all of it you want. You exchange the truth that's inside you for a lie. You exchange the truth that's inside you. See, when you're suppressing truth and you're exchanging truth, then it's important that somebody else do it with you. See, it's important. You have to have one too. You've got to do this too. You have to participate in this with me and I'm going to march. I'm going to protest until you say it's okay, until you get on my page. See, you, see I'm trying to convince myself that it's okay and you know it's not. You know it's not. You can watch it. You can just watch it. Just, just, we don't want prayer in school. No, we sure don't want that. Take it out. Well, there wasn't no lightning bolts. Wasn't any lightning bolt. Nobody just zapped us. God didn't zap us off the planet. But then those people now have raised these people who have now raised these people. And so now we got to have schools with locks all on them and we got to have metal detectors and we've got to have teachers that know how to shoot guns while they're teaching first grade. And, we, and we've got young people in the streets rioting and protesting. Okay, well, well what happened? See, it's, it's the wrath of God loosed on a wrong decision over the next 50 or 60 years. So when you suppress the truth, you have to fight against it. Why are, why is it all the fighting and the, and the, and, and the demanding? Because it goes against something inside yourself. Good grief. What is it to you if 80,000 fans want to pray before a football game? There's two that don't want to. Why don't you just look around? Why don't you just stand there? Don't bow your head. Look around. Eat some cotton candy for the 30 seconds or the 15 second that we're going to bow in prayer. Why? But see, we've got to stop praying in the football. We've got to stop that. Why? Because I can't take it on my insides. I know I'm wrong. I know I'm not living right. And that puts me in an uncomfortable place. And I've got, see, I can't suppress the truth without fighting against the truth. If you're okay with it, then why fight about it? If it's okay with you, why are you demanding that I have one too? See, if it's okay with you, why are you demanding that I accept it? I said, you want to die at Coke? You said no, and that's good with me. Because I don't feel guilty about having a Diet Coke. I don't feel guilty about living with my wife. I don't feel guilty about that. But whenever you're doing something you feel guilty about, then you've got to demand that everybody else accept this 
Why? Because you're doing everything you can to suppress the truth that God has made obvious inside you. That's where we are. There's a driving inner conviction because man's without excuse. This is what Paul is talking about right here. You know what you're doing is wrong. And, and I've never, ever done anything right and then felt guilty about it. You feel guilty about and you have to justify what you do is wrong. Verse 18 through verse 32 is a black background. That was a rough piece of scripture. That was a bad piece of scripture. But we had to lay that out on the table so that now we're going to put salvation on top of that. And you can see why we need Jesus. You can see why the gospel is good news. You know, you read verse 18 through verse 32 and you think, did the Apostle Paul write that just this morning? Was that written just this morning? Did he watch the news last night and write verse 18 through verse 32? No. He wrote it 2,000 years ago. Wow. It must be something common with mankind. Yeah, it is. It's called sin. It's called sin nature. And it's been common ever since Adam and Eve. It's the blackness of sin. And our need for what the rest of Romans is all about. It's God's plan for our salvation. Y'all stand. Lord, we're just, my goodness, we're so grateful that while we were yet sinners, you sent Jesus. You sent Jesus to pay a price for us that we owed and we couldn't pay for ourselves. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there anybody in here that doesn't know Jesus right now while we're praying? Is there anybody in here, you've never asked Jesus to forgive you and you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart? Right now would be the best time I know of to do that. Right now. If that's you, right where you're standing, say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to wash me clean. Save me. Right now. Right now. Just between you and him. If that's you, don't walk out of here going to hell. Don't walk out of here under the wrath of God. Let's stop the wrath of God in your life. And let's get into the blessings of God. Right now, Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I walk out of here brand new, and I walk out of here set free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.